He tells me, listen, like, that's fine, but you have so much talent. You can do so much. You can accomplish so much in the sport. You can make a life for yourself here. I have to give a lot to, to who I become because of the sport. I just had that picture, that mental picture, you know, uh, that, I, that I wanted to accomplish it. And 2014, I became world champion, thank God. I, I said I would do it before I was 24, and I did it. What's going on guys, Lauren Gardner here as season two of Born Fighter continues today. I'm sitting down with Jesse Vargas, the first ever Matchroom USA signing. So Jesse, um, I don't know if we want to start there, but what a cool experience for you to not only be the first signing for Matchroom USA, but you also headline their first event in Chicago. Yeah, I feel very fortunate, very happy. First of all, I mean, thank you for having me here. It's a pleasure being here talking with you, Lauren. But um, I mean, it was a pleasure. It was a, it was a new experience. It was a opportunity and a decision that I, I thought it through and, and felt that it was a good decision. And look at me now. Yeah. You know, I'm here after headlining a couple shows, and uh, the first one was in uh, Chicago in October of 2018, and it was a great experience. And ever since then, I think that we've been growing together, mm -hmm. you know, by far and all for the better. Yeah. Did you feel like you were you were taking any sort of a risk signing with you know a, a promoter that hadn't really done anything over here in the U.S., or did you feel like it was more of an opportunity? Uh, I saw it as both, honestly, mm -hmm. you know, an opportunity and also a risk, but uh, I think it was a calculated risk because I really thought it through, and I also had a good conversation with Eddie. He told me his plans, and I believed in him, and here we are now. You yeah. know, he's, uh, he's, he's been on board with so many, so many new fighters now, you know, from prospects, young prospects, to uh, current world champions and I feel that you know he has a great company in his hands and you know he's making sure it grows here in the United States he's been growing yeah. magnificently in the UK and now he's bringing it over here yeah the growth has been exponential in such a short amount of time when you had that talk with Eddie Hearn what did he say his plans were for you specifically um, I would say I don't remember word for word but you know it was a long conversation over the phone and um, Talked about what he could do for my career, and you know, headline headline of a show first to begin with, and and also carry me and put me in the in the position where I would fight for a world title, which that's what what I'm looking for as a mm -hmm. as a fighter. I mean, I think every fighter wants to become world champion, and I've done that twice already, and now I'm going for my third title. God willing, it comes very soon. I know that Eddie uh, promised me, and he told me he'd put me in the position, and you know, I'm working hard because I also have to put in my part and yeah. make sure that I put in the hours in the gym, that I work hard and that I'm concentrated on the task at hand. And the task at hand is to become a world champion once again and to become one of the best fighters in, in this sport, in this lovely sport that we all enjoy. Yeah. You know, as the fight fans, you know, they, they're, they're, they're the best fans because they're so authentic, they're real. Um, and the fighters, I mean, the fighters are, are real as well and they're unique personalities. Everyone's different in their own way. I'm a fighter before anything else. You know, well, I mean, before anything else, I'm a father and, uh, you know, I like to take care of my family. But, you know, I'm a fighter and next next up. And then I'm also a commentator. So that helps me kind of get to know some of the fighters and not be so closed, closed into one zone. Just sure. my training camp. And that's it. But you meet so many good fighters and uh, you become friends with a lot of these, you know, champions or future world champions. And you see them develop. 
you know, into different characteristics. And uh, I mean, it's, it's a nice, I feel like I'm in a nice area in my life uh, that I know what I want and I like to diversify also. And, uh, you know, that's where commentating comes in. They say I do it well. And if that's so, then I'll continue doing it. The fans love it, which is that's the best type of feedback that you can get. When mm -hmm. the fans enjoy it, when you say, okay, let me give you some more of this. Uh, of this knowledge that's what you want and of course when it comes to the fight game I'm gonna give you as much as I can as much as for as long as possible and um, you know I just appreciate the fact that they're all following me in this journey and that's what you do it for ultimately is the fans it's it's amazing how many different layers you have and so many different dimensions you know in other sports you get into commentating once you're finally done as uh, the, the athlete or the player, for you, you're still fighting, yet you're able to do this. Uh, what led you into commentating when you started in 2015? You know what, I was in Macau, China. Uh, I was there for a fight, and I mean, it was a, it was a long flight. I believe it was, I don't wanna see the exact amount, but it was about 14, 15 hour flight. Well, they offered me a job to be, a, not, a, not a commentator, but just to interview fighters. While and you're out there for I your own fight? While I was out there in my own fight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it was, I believe it was uh, Chris Algieri and Manny Pacquiao. And I mean, I, ha I wasn't doing anything in, in, in Macau. There wasn't anything to do besides rest, you know, and relax. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, that's a little distraction for me. I'll do it. Why not? And it's a challenge. And I, and I did it. I jumped on it. I was a little nervous, you know. <laughs> my microphone was shaking in the beginning. Uh, but, uh, you know, just a few minutes went past and I knew what I had to do. And, you know, I got in there, interviewed a fighter in Spanish, and then it started there. And then for some reason, I guess the word got out and I kept getting called in to nice. Miami to uh, commentate for different programs. And I mean, it's, it's something that I enjoy because it comes easy to me. Yeah. And I feel like I've always felt that whenever I watch TV I w or whenever I watch a boxing fight, I want the analysts or the commentators to know what they're saying, especially in this sport. You know, since I know so much about it, I'm saying, well, wait a second. What I can mean? do that. Yeah. <laughs> I could do that, or what are you saying? I don't know. I don't know if that's correct. That's not the right information, or whatever the case might be. And uh, that's when I jumped on it. And thankfully, I've been doing. I've been doing well. They've been giving me more mm -hmm. and more opportunities. And um, I mean, I don't really take my eyes off the prize, which is becoming world champion. That's my number one. So I only do the commentating on my time off when I have some time to relax. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I don't like to stay just at home. I like to stay occupied. I like to stay busy. Um, always productive. And uh, that's. That's the reason why I uh, opened up to these new opportunities. But the minute that training camp begins or the minute that a fight gets announced, I'm stoked. I'm excited. This is what I'm about. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. That means I'm putting everything aside and it's time to fight. You know, it's time to focus on fight night. And that's two and a half months of training camp. And that's, that's life for me. That's, that's a lovely life. That's what I enjoy to do. And I can't wait to give my fans another good performance, great performance, and uh, have them remember that night for you know, for, for many years to come. I love it when fans come back to me and say, Jesse, you know what, I saw this fight. And ever since then, I gotta continue watching each and every one, one of your fights. You made me a fan and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it and you showed how much heart you have. Mm -hmm. Literally, those specific words I remember because, you know, words that come from the fans is something that you cherish and remember forever. I think that's important for you to say that on this platform, knowing that you're listening to their feedback because they're getting so much from you, that inspiration, and you're connecting with them. I, I feel like now might be the perfect time to talk about an upcoming fight for you between Mikey Garcia and yourself. It will be on February 29th. Uh, we're about to announce it. How do you feel about this? This yeah, is pretty exciting news. I'm stoked. I'm stoked because it's, uh, it's a big fight. It's a big fight for the fight fans. The fight fans 
have uh, been wanting this fight, you know, for mm -hmm. quite some time now. Uh, the reason why I say that is because they come to my social media and say, "Why well, hey, a fight between you and Mikey would be would, would be very very good," uh, you know, and I get that a lot. So now that it's actually confirmed, you know, I feel that I'm giving the fight fans what they wanted to see. We are yeah. giving the fight fans what they yeah. wanted to see because Mikey, you know, he uh, he's a terrific fighter himself, and uh, I think that we're gonna give the fans a great great uh, showdown come February 29th. You know, I think they're gonna enjoy it, and uh, it might be another. You never know. It has uh, everything to show as a Morales versus Barrera trilogy. Nice. From one fight might go through a trilogy. You never know. I mean, he's a warrior. I am as well. Uh, what I mean by that is two fighters that, you know, always look for the win and are willing to do whatever is possible to come out with the victory. And uh, that's why I'm actually intrigued. And, you know, I'm going to make sure to go back to the gym and focus and, you know, uh, train as hard as I can. That way I come out victorious on February 29th. But I know it's going to be a fight for the fans to remember. Any predictions? It's going to be a good fight. Just <laughs> work it by, by win, of course. You know, I, <laughs> I really believe in myself and my abilities. And I'm going to, you know, make sure to bust my myself inside that gym and uh, do everything possible to win. Mm -hmm. I think that this is one of the fights that I'm mainly uh, interested in just because it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, generate tons and tons of attention. Mm -hmm. And it's the perfect time for me to shine and to show that I'm here to stay. You know, I... I became champion in 2016, and I'm going to become champion once again, God willing, you know, in 2020. Yeah. And this is the perfect opportunity to show that. And so that's, that's how I see it. I need to show that I'll become world champion again very soon, and this is the perfect fight for it. So I'll make sure not to let my fans down. So when you look at this upcoming fight and kind of what's transpired since you were last world champion in 2016, there were some draws, maybe some frustration. How do you see this as a opportunity for... I don't know if you want to call it a comeback, but a comeback. Well, yeah, it's, uh, the way I see it is a fight to let the fans know that I'm here, basically revive my career. Uh, and uh, I'm planning on doing it in a spectacular fashion. That way they know, that, okay, Jesse Vargas, you know, has so much more potential and he uh, yeah. has uh, big opportunities to become world champion again. And he is among the best. I just want to reiterate that, that I am among the best for a reason. You know, yeah, I haven't since April but it doesn't mean I'm you know I'm out of the game it just means that I'm looking for the right fight the biggest fight possible that's the right fight and right now the fight is against Mikey Garcia and that's the fight to make because the fans want to see it you know they're intrigued to see who would be the winner and the winner will elevate to to another position you know possibly elevate to a world championship fight which is what I want would you say that the last few years for you were maybe that was some of the toughest you faced? I'd say unexpected. Okay. Unexpected for sure. Um, I mean, I came back, I mean, fighting against Pacquiao was one of the big experiences that I've had in my career, you know, uh, at, at a young age, but uh, it was a great learning experience in a very competitive fight. You know, going back fight by fight, I mean, I could look back at the Broner fight. I remember being totally in control after the six rounds and just outboxing him. And I just remember hearing people boo. I said, really? Wow. I said, they want to see more action. All right, let's get more action. Put my hands up, and I made it more of a fight because I thought that I had six rounds in the bag already. It was halfway through. I said, all right, wow. six rounds in the bag. Um, so I just start fighting with them a little more, start hitting the, the, the body a little more. That means hitting, getting into the closer distance, right? Fighting in the inside at times, 
and all of a sudden the fans just go crazy. I'm like, all right, cool, because they're enjoying it. Well, because of that decision that I made, I got a draw, which I, I still don't think that I won because, I mean, coming into six rounds, half of the fight, I'm like, all right, I got the fight in the bag. Let's make it more of a fight. Let's make it more entertain of a, the crowd. Yeah, let's yeah. entertain the crowd. From the sixth, seventh round on, fans, fans were going crazy. So I did my purpose. You know what I mean? I accomplished mm -hmm. my purpose of, of making sure the fans got what they wanted. Doesn't exactly mean that I got what I wanted. You were because, punished for it. Yeah, because I got the draw, which, I mean, the draw is nothing I would have expected. Never thought that. I mean, you get the first half in the bag, you say, okay, well, all I need is two more rounds in the second half, and I'm good. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> that was a huge surprise, which I'm still pissed from. But, uh, you know, the fans got what they wanted. It was a very good, entertaining night. So that just comes to show you that I am about entertaining the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll make the decisions that based on them. Will you, you know? ever do that again, though? Based on the outcome of that fight? I would have probably just made sure to move around. I'll box him another two rounds and then do it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Not as many like rounds. Secure okay. It, yeah. Secure it. Maybe yeah. like eight, nine rounds. And then they say, all right, let's, let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I had fun in there. I mean, believe it or not, I Good. had fun from beginning to end. Uh, you know, the last couple rounds got a little more competitive than the first, but because I put myself in the position where they would, you know, and uh, the fans loved it for it. Doesn't mean, you know, and, and I think that they they see me as that. They see me as an entertainer. They see yeah. me as as a fighter that always comes to give it his all, and I gained their respect because of it. And now in this one, uh, you know, nothing's changed except for more experience. I can tell that you're very well aware of the fact that people spend their hard-earned money to come watch you do your thing. Exactly. And you right. want to give them their money's worth. Exactly. I mean, I I'm an entertainer. That. I'm an entertainer, and I want them to enjoy a Jesse Vargas fight. I want them to be there and say, wow. What a fight. What a fight. And, uh, you know, to remember it for years to come, not just, you know, leave the arena and say, damn, that was boring. No, yeah. no, no, no. I want them to enjoy it, and I make sure of it. So much talk about fighters discussing being in their prime, and, you know, once they pass it, then people begin discussing, oh, well, what if they would have fought so-and-so in their prime? Do you feel like you're in your prime? I definitely feel like I'm in my prime. Um, I'm 30 years old. I feel good. I feel solid, very experienced. I gained plenty of knowledge throughout the years. And I think I'm in the best time of my life, best time of my career, because of all that experience that I have gained. You know, sure. I think that's, that's very important. That's what really makes a fighter. Sometimes, you know, being in a big fight, the lack of experience may affect you. And I don't, I'm not in that position. So I'm, I'm good. I feel strong. I feel fast. And, you know, uh, everything, everything's good on my side. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned over the course of your career? The most valuable lesson? <sighs> There's many things that I've learned in my career. But I'd say uh, trusting your team is very important, as, as you all would know. Um, I would say your preparation, just, it all mm -hmm. relies on your pre preparation. You know, if any mistakes happen in your preparation, well, you might, the fight not, might not go as you plan it to. Uh, so I'd say that you need to make sure that all hands are on deck into your preparation and that everything goes well. That way you don't never have to go back and look back and say, I wish I would have done this different, you know. Uh, sure. But sometimes. You, know, uh, you learn with the experience. When you discuss that preparation, what is the preparation like for Jesse Vargas leading up to a fight? Well, I mean, it's all work. You know, it's uh, working out three times a day, uh, from the boxing gym to also the conditioning, also the uh, you know the physical training mm -hmm. that comes into it. You know, it's uh, six days a week. You know, six out of the seven you're working, and you only get Sundays off to relax. You know, you. Those, for those two months and a half or two months, 
while you're in preparation, you're not really going, I'm, at least me, I'm not really going out to family events. I'm just relaxing at home. The time that I do have off, I use it to relax. And I think that's highly important, you know, for a fighter that way he's able to come into optimal level, mm-hmm. fight come fight night. But, um, you know, definitely the diet is very important. And it's very, very important, which actually it's, it's tough on some people, especially me, because I love sweets, I love cakes, I love pizza, <laughs> I love hamburgers. Really? Yeah. And, um, I mean, for that specific time, I'm not traveling anymore. I just okay. came back from Croatia, and that was a, an amazing experience. But, you know, once it's fight time, this is what I love to do. So I'm just waiting for the call. I'm just waiting for, for my promoter to say, hey, Jesse, you ready, you ready to fight? And that call came in for every 29th, and I'll be ready. I have no doubt that you'll be ready. You talk about the discipline when it comes to your diet. What's the first thing you want to eat following a fight? I want to eat everything. But the thing <laughs> is that your stomach is so small. I mean, yeah. you're used to eating these small amounts <laughs> of food, you know, uh, meals. And you, you want to have everything. But I've learned this already. At, when I was like 22, 23, I would, right after the fight, I'd, I'd uh, tell my, my team to bring hamburgers and pizzas and uh, Snickers. Snickers. Yeah, and I eat a chocolate bar. And after that, nor, neither did the, the, the pizza fit nor did the hamburger. And I'm just like, it's there, but I can't eat it. I feel, <laughs> that must have I been. I feel sick to my stomach. I mean, your body isn't used to it anymore. Yeah. So, you know, the minute that you start consuming that food, you just start getting, like, uh, you know, stomach aches. Yeah. So it's... Um, it's something that I've learned also that you just got to get away from. You got to give it time. <laughs> you have to ease back into being able to eat the junk little food. Little. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's interesting. It's interesting uh, the lifestyle that, you know, we fighters have to carry. Yeah. You know, in, in order to stay at optimum level, to stay performing at, at your best. That work ethic runs deep for you. I mean, you started at a really young age. A lot of fighters have sat here and told me, hey, I started, you know, I got into boxing because I was being bullied in school or I was getting in fights on the street. What's your story? All right, the honest truth. There's a couple reasons why I started. I started at the age of eight years old. And the reason why was because, so I was watching a lot of the uh, karate movies and like kickboxing movies with Van Damme. I get in front of the TV and I start kicking, and, you know, <laughs> fighting. I thought it was cool, but also, I mean, in school, I knew I was in the tough area. Sometimes I had to defend myself. There were times where, you know, I got into arguments with some of the kids for, you know, nonsense, things that just aren't are unimportant. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we as kids, we as young boys, it's destined to happen. You know, uh, bullying. I didn't really get bullied, but probably because I always, you know, I stood up for myself. But for that same reason is why. I wanted to start boxing, and my father wanted to, wanted me to get involved with an after-school activity. And once that came in, I chose boxing. Actually, I chose soccer. I didn't like soccer, and then went to karate. I didn't like karate, and then boxing came in, and then that was it. I fell in love with the sport. I fell in love with the idea of becoming world champion. I saw a huge biography on Julio Cesar Chavez, and I thought to myself, that's what I want to become. That's what I want to accomplish to be able to fight in a stadium and fill it up with tons, tons of fans, wow. hundreds of thousands of fans, and everyone watching and um, admiring what I do. And that's how the journey started. I just had that picture, that mental picture, you know, uh, that, I, that I wanted to accomplish it. And 2014, I became world champion, thank God. I, I said I would do it before I was 24, and I did it. What Before a goal. Was, yeah, 24, 25, I think I gave myself that, that time limit. And I did. Uh, I did it when I was 24 years old. 
Uh, game champion again in 2016. Uh, knocking some some fighter out um, who was ranked number one for, for a couple years at that time. <laughs> and it was a vicious knockout. A lot of people loved it. And I've been in some of the biggest fights of the year, so thankfully, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, we're going back. I kind of pushed forward, Lauren. But going back, you know, um, so that's the reason why I started boxing. You know, just for those three, I I um, wanted to stay, wa wanted to learn how to defend myself because I knew I was going to be put in a position where uh, where I needed to defend myself. And I didn't want to be looked like as a fool if I got beat up. Mm -hmm. So we got into boxing, the passion grew. And ever since then, you know, I was so responsible. And uh, when it came to my work ethic, when it came to to not fight in the streets, because if you would fight in the streets, they wouldn't let you fight anymore at my boxing gym. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they would have those rules, and uh, you know, it just it just gave you self-discipline, you know, knowing how to control yourself, which is very important as a young kid. I mean, mm -hmm. nine, 10, 11 years old, you I knew what I was capable of, but I knew that I couldn't get into trouble. And uh, growing up, I mean, every now and then I got into fights. It was very rare. I always tried to get away from it. I didn't feel that I that I had the need to fight since I did it on a daily basis in the gym. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, as as a teenager, also, I mean, you're put in positions where sometimes you just gotta, you know, uh, defend yourself. But thankfully, I didn't I didn't have to do it too many times. Uh, I always knew how to control the situation, which was something that I learned thanks to boxing. I have to give a lot to to who I become because mm -hmm. of the sport, you know, because it gave me a lot of self-control. You know, it, in, in the ring, you need to analyze everything. Who, who are you gonna fight with? And, and quickly. And what he's doing, what he's gonna come back with, uh, any mistake that he has. And I feel that I'm able to do that in life now because of the sport. It helped me just grow into a whole different direction, you know, and it's all for positive. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm now a commentator and I like to say that I, uh, I'm becoming a businessman myself also. So this sport has given me a lot. I'm very thankful. Very thankful for all the fans that come in to, to the fights and they tune into all the fights. But in order for them to continue to in tuning in, mm -hmm. I need to give them the best that I possibly can, and which is by performing at the best. You learned a lot of very valuable lessons at a really young age well, because that, of the sport. Lauren, but I mean, I lived on my own when I was 17 years old because I wanted to make the Mexican Olympic team, which I did. And I was living by myself in Mexico City, just with a couple of the teammates there that who stayed in the uh, Mexican committee, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the training center and training facilities. They had their dorms, and I stayed there for an entire year. It was probably one of the toughest times of my, of my life, but it was just all training. And I'd work out in the mornings, go out for the hard runs. Afternoons, I'd um, do the boxing gym. Actually, we would train in the boxing gym right after the runs, and then we'd box again in the wow. uh, afternoon and at altitude in mexico city yeah, yeah it wasn't easy and especially being 17 years old it was new sometimes i, I said i'm done with it yeah <laughs> it's a lot of work but you know i i reminded myself what i wanted to accomplish and where it was going to take me and uh, my father told me something a little bit before that actually i was kind of getting sidetracked i wanted to hang out with, with my girlfriend at the time uh my buddies my friends he's like and i told my dad dad you know, I'm just going to get, I'm gonna, I want to start working. I was 16 at the time. I want to start working. I want to start making money. Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassed to ask you for money. I always want to, I mean, I want to pay things for myself. And uh, he tells me, listen, like, that's fine. 
but you have so much talent. You can do so much. You can accomplish so much in the sport. You can make a life for yourself here yeah. where you don't have to worry about working, you know, an eight hour job every day, you know, like, like I do. I mean, taking orders from, from your boss, you don't have to do that with the career that you're pursuing. And uh, he made me think, he made me realize what I really wanted, and that was to be my own boss. So uh, for that reason, I said, all right, that makes a lot of sense. So that night, I just thought it through. I said, okay, you know, he knows that I don't want to ask him for money, so mm -hmm. I'm going to continue asking for money. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, eventually I'll be able to pay him back. Eventually I'll pay him back. I'll buy my mom her house. That was always my my uh, my dream was to take care of my family, to provide for them. Wow. And uh, thankfully, I'm in a position where I can, I have, and I will continue to do so. Uh, but, you know, the the goals continue. You know, mm -hmm. I have larger goals that are up ahead. But, uh, I mean, nothing's been easy. I mean, some people go to college, right, from when the minute that they graduate high school uh, yeah. or universities and they they, they um, graduate for a career, right? Communications, journalism, you know, whatever the, the case might be. I graduated from boxing and at the age of eight years old when a lot of kids were out playing, you know, I had to stay at home or go to the gym. You know, You're when I wanted to go, when I wanted to play with my friends, I, I was either too tired or I had to leave to the gym. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't yeah. have that much time with my friends. The friends that I had were in the boxing gym. We would fight, and afterwards we'd hang out for a little bit, and then that was it, time to go home, relax, eat, because I was just starving as a kid. I mean, yeah. all kids eat a lot. And I imagine them being in a physical activity afterwards. You know, so it was, it was just my lifestyle. So I, I, gradu I graduated from the sport of boxing where I began at the age of eight years old. I'm 30 years old now. So it was wow. just time that I invested and I, I'm not speaking for myself. There's many other champions that do the same. Yeah. But just a lot of people don't know this. They just think, oh, he's making money. But, you know, that's, that's you know, he's making a lot of money. He's just been fighting since he was 19. Yeah, he was a glamorous lifestyle. You just walk into the ring. You're good to go. Like, it's a lot of sacrifice and hard work that has exactly. led to all of this. Imagine, I mean, some started at eight, eight years old. Others 10, 12, wow. 13. Most of us, though, started between the age of eight and 13. I see some of us that have become world champions and I've, and I've, um, I mean, I'm proud of the people that I know mm -hmm. that have become world champions, have had success because we've been knowing each other since we were teenagers. You know, a lot That's of these crazy. fighters here, Demetrius Andre, one of them, you know, that uh, we bumped into each other a couple times. Uh, we don't, I think we, I acknowledge him as, as who he is, yeah. and now as, as we're professionals, we say, "Hey, what's up, man?" Well, we have a little really? conversations here, and there, yeah, about it's when we mutual amateurs. respect. It's a mutual respect among other fighters as well. I mean, there's several, but that it's it's nice to see them grow as fighters mm -hmm. and become world champions, succeed in life, and uh, I mean, just as it is to see anyone, not just fighters, just anyone in life in general. Yeah. But that that comes interesting to me how how we graduated from the sport, you know, started at such a young age. Nice. And still pursuing so much more. You're all growing up together. You you talked about that, what what I would call a pivotal moment, that pivotal conversation with your father at 17 years old when you're like, do I want to go be a boyfriend and a friend and just live that normal teenage life, or do I want to continue down this path where I have to sacrifice those things? But the the carrot there is is basically living this life and achieving your goals and your accomplishments. How, how would you describe your relationship with your father? With my father, I'd say we're very good friends. 
You know, he's my father. He's, he's someone that I can rely on at any time of the day, mm -hmm. which is very nice, very special. A man that made a lot of sacrifices for me to pursue my dreams, pursue a career. You know, when I was in Mexico, I mean, it couldn't be t easy on him. You know, he was uh, investing money. I mean, whenever I needed money, I'd have to call my dad, pops, and he's, you know. And he was financing all of your training? Yeah, yeah, he was financing. What did he uh, do for a living? He was, he worked in casinos, and at that time, I believe he, I believe he was working in the casino industry. And uh, yeah, I mean, soon after, I told him that he didn't have to work anymore. Thank God I signed a contract deal, but I mean, he, he invested wow. tons, of, tons of time, tons of money, just so that I can, you know, um, accomplish something that I've wanted since I was a kid. And I would tell everyone, uh, nine, 10 years old, I'm gonna become world champion. My uncles would look at me like I'm crazy, you know, and I tell him and his friends, I'm gonna become a world champion. And I was probably 11 when I told him that. And the guy started laughing, his buddies. And um, he must have looked at them and said, yeah, he, he's a fighter, you know, he's, he's into boxing. And they didn't really believe me. I just looked at him and I thought to myself, I'm gonna prove you're wrong. I'm gonna prove that. to you that, uh, you know, that what I said was gonna become true. I've never told him this. I think I must have told him this once, like when we were having a simple conversation. I told you I was gonna become a world champion. And that was it, I kind of left it alone. I didn't want to touch on it too much, but I never told him that I remembered the moment where he was hanging out with his friends and I told him that at 11 years old. And I just looked at him because they gave me a disbelief look and said, okay, I'm gonna prove it to you one day. A lot of the family members didn't believe in me. And then now I make sure that everyone that was at my fights when I was an amateur, they get tickets to each and every fight now really? that I'm professional. I fly them out if I have to. All right, they got to come out. I fly them out. I mean, I don't have a big entourage. I just have a few family members and a uh, few friends, you know, um, nothing too big. But I fly my people out, make sure they're there because they've always supported me. You know, something that's something that I that I learned throughout the years is just know how to identify who's with you 100%. Mm -hmm. Stuff. I can only imagine because you, you do have all these, the fame, the money, and, and you and I mentioned this before we started the interview. You arrived here for this interview by yourself. That's very rare when it comes to this sport. Most people do have their entourages with them. Why don't you have an entourage? That's interesting, yeah. I mean, I like hanging out with a couple people, you know, two, three people, and, and I'm good, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I have many friends in, in Las Vegas, but. Sometimes when, when I go to travel, for some reason, I like doing it on my own. I, li I like just going out there and then uh, doing yeah. what I have to do. And, and uh, every now and then I fly out my sister with me. I'm like, hey, what's up? You want to go? Uh, I got to go work in Miami or I have to do something in Arizona. You want to head out? She said, uh, in Arizona, I wouldn't invite her, actually, but I invited her to Miami. <laughs> uh, so there's specific places. My, my sister is one of my closest friends also. I mean, she's only a year and a half apart in age. Older uh, or younger? Younger, okay. younger. So, so it's you know we have a really good relationship, good communication, and we're just really good friends. We joke around a lot, and uh, a lot of people don't get to see that part of me, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I like to have a good time. But when I travel, I travel on my own. Mm -hmm. I like to. I mean, it's just time to chill. I mean, yeah, it's just something something different in me. Yeah. Where sometimes I like to be on my own, which is something that I really enjoy. You know, it's, it's like time to myself where I can really think and, uh, you know, jump to conclusions or jump to jump to new ideas on what I want to accomplish or, or what's coming next. It's just time for me to relax, think it, think it through on my own, on what I, what's, what's next in life. And if everything is going well in my, 
in my journey is everything going well mm -hmm. do I need to change anything like you know I, I look back into my career I look back into life and see if everything's going as planned I think that that's time that's necessary I don't Surf, like talking yeah. nonsense a lot it's just you know what <laughs> no I mean? no you're not really a surface type guy when it comes to just making small talk and I've experienced that in numerous conversations I've had with you in passing through our work you know works with DAZN and whatnot um, you talk about the traveling and how it is an opportunity for you to just clear your head I've had a great talk with Michael Hunter who's big into yoga and he's very spiritual I mean do you have a set spiritual practice that helps you when it comes to your performance in the ring my performance in the ring I'd say I say the boxing gym I mean, and then um, even when I'm on vacation or my off time, I'm coming up with new ideas. Like actually, or if I watch a fight, I'm always coming up with ways or, or uh, new techniques, new punches. I'm like, hey, wait a second, that would work for me. Or sometimes I, I would just be playing a fight in my mind, or and I say, okay, well, I need to start working my hook more. How can how can huh. I how can I perfect it? I'll be on a plane and I'm thinking, how can I perfect the hook? So I throw a body shot. You know, I can perfect the body shot a little better. I could, the hook, if I throw the hook and I pull back with it, maybe I could trick him into receiving the right hand. I so can see you visualizing right there. That yeah, was really cool. Yeah, It's I did always that. on your mind. Yeah, yeah, things like that, they just jump into my, you know, they jump in my head and I uh, start thinking about it. But I think that that's, I know what I'm about. I know what I have to do. So, mm -hmm. it, and in that case, it's to become the best fighter possible. So if any new ideas come, I write them down. And, do you uh, have a book or something that you yeah, carry around with you? Yeah, that I do. I don't carry it around, but I keep like, it here. Is it in your pocket? I write, <laughs> in my notes. I write in my notes, my phone, because you know everything is on cellular device now. Mm -hmm. And then when I get, get home, I write it down. But uh, definitely, I mean, sometimes I look at uh, new opportunities when it comes to uh, business. I invest money in certain things, and, and um, I think, is this the right time to invest? So it's just time to, to myself where I come to realize What's the next step? You know, that's what I use it when I travel. And when I travel, it's, it's actually lovely. I, mean, I was just in Croatia, and it's a lovely country. Mm -hmm. In London, too. Um, I love to travel, so that's something that I do on my off time. But, uh, I mean, I like, to, I like to stay knowledgeable. I like to always consume more information. And the more knowledge we have, I think, that the better for us, you know, in any yeah. way possible. Um, I know I'm talking about different, different uh, subjects, but... Well, that's what we're here to do. Yeah, but this overall, is the platform that is Born Fighter. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, I guess just being open with who I am. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, what's most important with me, besides the family, is, is being champion again. So even though I'm talking about other things, traveling and investing money in other things, commentating, but I, my main importance is to become champion again. Mm -hmm. You know, for many years to come. I don't want, I'm not thinking, I'm not even thinking of retiring anytime soon. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I love to do. And uh, I have to become champion once again. That's my main purpose. That's it. Become There's champion no and back. become one of the best fighters out there and become a fighter that everyone has learned to admire, respect, and grew to love. You know, I want to I see some of these teenagers say, dang, I grew up watching you. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I always admired you. That's, that's, those are my goals. Speaking of youth, obviously, we, we touched on the fact that you live and train in Vegas. You also sponsor a boxing gym. Just tell tell us a little bit about that. I do, I do. I, I sponsor a, a, a very nice boxing gym. It's it's called the Center Ring Boxing Gym. Actually, North Las Vegas Center Ring Boxing Gym. The reason why I started sponsoring them is because I was very familiar with them because I trained with them at, at some point. You know, Joe Banales, 
He's doing great for the community. He's uh, doing great for the state, state of Nevada. I give him nothing but credit. Uh, you know, he's uh, making sure that that he creates new opportunities for the youth, just as he did for me. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason I support him. You know, I support him because I know what he's about. He's all about helping out the kids. You know, uh, in one way that's or another, cool. he has a after school activity. What I mean by that is after school, like a tutors. You know, oh, that, wow. that come in after school. After school, that way the kids could you know, get extra help if they need it, saying math and English. That's something very important. He's always pushed for that. Sometimes he doesn't have sufficient funds for it, which sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. they lack some tutors because of that reason. But the minute that he does have funds, he brings them back in and he's able wow. to help them. I mean, it's a nonprofit organization. He, they only pay $10 a, a year. $10 a Whoa. year. That's it. One payment. I mean, it's... And that includes equipment and everything? Yeah, includes That's everything. Amazing. We've helped any way possible. I've helped any way possible. I mean, there's many people that try and, you know, help out here and there. Mm -hmm. Clark County has, has done a tremendous job in helping uh, centering boxing, and we thank them for it. You know, um, the state of Nevada, you know, it's, 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 it's a state that brings out many champions. Many champions, I mean, coming from my time, you know, the 2000s. And, you know, to this day, I mean, we have two that had qualified to make the Olympic team already from Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah, Rahim is one of them, and this, this other very young, talented fighter as well. So, I mean, we, we have a lot of talent coming out of Las Vegas, which makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a boxing capital of the world, right? But um, we're bringing out more and more, and it creates new opportunities for these young kids, keeps them out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, listen, if even if they don't become world champions, it keeps them, keeps their mind occupied, it keeps them occupied in general, you know, with something productive. Yeah. You know, we have obesity is a large problem here in the U.S. You know, and for us to have a boxing gym, which is free. I mean, $10 a year is nothing. That's essentially free. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You get you get equipment, you get everything you need. I think mm -hmm. the only thing you might need besides that is just your hand wraps. Everyone wants their own hand wraps. You yeah. don't want to use anyone else's. Uh, besides that, it's, it's free. I mean, that's, that's wow. what a lot of... You know, a lot of us fighters should be doing is helping out the youth because somehow we grew out of that and we were able to prosper from it. So why not help these other kids and give them opportunities in these, uh, you know, in these tougher areas mm -hmm. in, in in the neighborhood? That way, if they don't have the funds, if they don't, you know, to to be a part of a boxing gym or a fitness gym, you know, they have these nonprofit organizations yeah. which help him one way or another. Boxing is a great way to stay fit. It's a great way to to learn self-discipline, how to be responsible. I mean, I, I can say it because I did it myself. So I, it's something that I would push for and help about the, the young kids of our, uh, of our future. Before we wrap this up, aside from becoming world champion once again, what's your ultimate goal while you're here? My ultimate goal, I can line them up. I mean, there's several. I mean, it's, it's about accomplishing one at a time. Of course, becoming champion again, becoming one of the best fighters in the world and to be admired and respected, but also to be a great human being you know what I mean? to mm -hmm. to help out you know the people that that need it the most uh i'd say i'd say that it's very very important for me and to uh to make an impact to make an impact in different people's lives it seems like you're already doing all of those things and you're well on your way to some of the others so thank you so much for your time this thank was you. awesome dude thank you lauren it's always it's always a pleasure to talk with you, you make it nice <laughs> <to meet> you. <laughs> we try to